Welcome to Cold Call Hero. I'm Daniel Hill, a commercial account executive. I'll play real life business to business calls where I'm prospecting, setting appointments, saying the wrong thing, the right thing, messing up and winning. So welcome to the journey of a Cold Call Hero. This episode is gonna be my most informative episode yet. In this season of Cold Call Hero, I plan to have at least one of these, but the questions are pouring in. I've responded to each of them individually, but I wanna address them here. And in this season, there are gonna be two episodes like this. A Cold Call Hero AMA, Ask Me Anything. Let's jump right in. I got several questions about the website proposal. People wanting to know more. Basically, I use Google Sites. It's an easy website creator from Google. And I have a master template where I upload pretty much everything that is ever gonna apply to any person, to any prospect. And I only use this for the bigger accounts, but once I have my master template and I get a new prospect, I just copy and paste it and then delete the things that I don't need and then upload the things that I do that are applicable. If you go to Facebook and search Lumen Hill, L-U-M-E-N Hill, I'll share one of these website proposals. And the more that I do them, the less time that it takes. But honestly, it's worth the time from the reactions that I get. How do you get that level of confidence? Well, mess up enough to get it right once. <laughs> mess up a price objection, then land a response. Mess up an introduction, then land a solid one. Confidence comes from succeeding once on something you failed on, no matter how many times you failed on it. If you do something once, you can do it again. And saying that to yourself, it exudes confidence. If you screw up five times to nail a perfect call, whether you get an appointment or not, you say everything right, you have a good interaction, when you hang up the phone, you feel amazing. And on your next call, you have confidence. All right. What would you say if you didn't have 400 Google reviews? <laughs> okay, first of all, it's 450 now. <laughs> but really, that's funny because I pretty much bring it up every single call. And the reason I do it is because it gives me instant credibility that we mean business. And especially in a climate where people are always concerned about reviews. And it's so easy to fact check. I mean, you've heard me tell them before, just Google our name right now and you'll see. And it covers so many positive attributes like, uh, th that means we just have a ton of benefits, right? And it's easy to see. But if I did not have that, I would simply work in another benefit. And if you're trying to answer that question for yourself, the easiest way to get there is, why should I do business with you? And I'll touch on this more on the next question, but to answer it directly, it depends on the industry that I'm calling on. So you know that I call restaurants and a benefit would be my small fly program. And instead of saying anything about my reviews, I may say something about getting their fly population down to zero. And maybe the perception of having people swat while they're eating. But next question because this one touches into it too. How much of sales is a script and how much is this human interaction that you talk about? What's cool about this question is the person that asked intuitively knows that a script is not the same as a human interaction. But the purpose of your script is to know your material forwards and backwards. You shouldn't read from a script, but memorize it, internalize it, and recall it as needed in your own words. You've heard me address the objection before that someone already has service. Well, what do I always say? I say something like, well, 
Most people do, but when we come in and spend a little time with them and talk to them, etc., etc., they see what we do, all that. So that's a point that I've memorized. And it usually comes out a little different each time depending on the flow of conversation, but that's the way it should be. They should always fit into the flow of a conversation. I got a question from someone that sells software as a service in the physical therapy industry, and he wanted me to help him devise a script to sell an online appointment to demo his software. And the first question I asked was what problem does it fix? What is a benefit of the service? Are you selling something based on a need that you're assuming or a need that they've actually said? And before you sell your appointment, you need to ask these questions to figure out what their need is. Because your software can solve so many problems. Let's say it's based on like algorithm organization and it saves your customer time. Then saving time is one benefit, but time on payroll is money. So affecting their bottom line is the actual benefit. How many of your benefits can affect the bottom line of what you sell? How many can affect the big picture of a company? For me, I found so many benefits tied to the bottom line of any company, I just flat out say it, that we've affected their bottom line. And you've heard me say that before. It's great when someone will question that because they'll say something like, well, how can pest control affect my bottom line? Well, that's why we need to meet. I can absolutely explain that to you over the phone, but until I get a better look at your facility, it'd be hard for me to tell you that. But I can tell you in general how we've done that for X and Y company in your industry. See that? If you want to make a powerful script, start by listing the benefits or start by listing every problem your company has solved for previous clients. Take those benefits and reach a commonality. Do they increase profits? Will they reduce overhead? So a branch of my company does interior landscaping, like plants inside and scenting inside so it smells good when you walk in. That sounds like a luxury, right? So how would you incorporate that to a need as big as improving the bottom line or reducing operating costs? Well, let me ask you a question. Would you agree that people staying longer in your store and coming back more frequently is a positive thing? And would you agree the health and happiness of your employees is beneficial? I have the data to back it up and it also helped X and Y company. But in order for me to see how these benefits can directly impact you, I'm going to have to sit down and speak with you and take a little tour of your facility. If you're in B2B sales, you need to understand business. You need to understand businesses in general and how they make decisions based on budget. If I'm selling something to someone and I know it's coming out of their operational budget, I'm going to see what I can do to make it into a monthly payment. If it's coming out of their capital budget, then it's not going to matter. Asking them up front about invoicing and giving them options will let them know that you can help facilitate this sale instead of selling and forgetting. It's also a backdoor to the conversation of budget and asking tactfully where your product or service fits into the budget. Now, obviously, you're not going to bring this up on a first time cold call. This will be more of appointment questions, but it's still important to know and understand a business and how it works. And also, if you're selling to a particular industry, you need to get involved in that industry. I'm involved in some associations 
that have nothing to do with pest control. I'm in there for the strategic partnerships, something I'll get into in a second. All right, here's a good question. Daniel, I cannot seem to make myself do a cold call. (laughs) I have a nice pipeline, and I don't have to, and my leads are put on my calendar for me. So, how do you justify time spent cold calling? And, is that all you do? All right, let's unpack this one a little bit. Uh, Cold calling is just one tool in the sales tool belt. And at first, I didn't know how to use it, and I wasn't getting any results. But now that I'm learning to, I do use it, and it's worth my time. And of course, it's not all that I do. Other tools in that sales tool belt are emails, hosting webinars, like I just mentioned, attending associations, and also networking groups. Digital marketing is a big one, strategic partners, giving educational technical presentations, and now cold calling. It's not really one tool versus the other, but a nice mix, a good diversification of all of them. Some of them work better than the others, and you can use them more than the others. It's all about tracking your time and your efforts too, because if you're doing something that's not working, well, you need to stop. If you find that one of these isn't working for you, then maybe you need some training or you just decide you don't want to do it and you're okay with dropping it. I've had people tell me a lot that they know that they're missing opportunities by not cold calling because they just can't and that's fine. But I would challenge you to get yourself out of your comfort zone. If you're not pushing yourself, you're not growing. Do something uncomfortable. And I've always said, Picking up the phone is the hardest part, and you need to hit your no quota, which can be a lot. You literally just have to pick up the phone, make the dial, and that first call you do, expect it to be awful. (laughs) That's how you make that first call. You can't do it because you keep telling yourself you can't do it. And while you're dialing the phone, is not a good time to keep telling yourself that. So start right now saying that you can. Daniel, you're easy to find on LinkedIn. Why do you keep bleeping everything out like an episode of Cops? (laughs) I really like this. (laughs) I've gotten comments before on the bleeping and uh, also a lot of questions about the legality of why and how I record calls. That's a really simple question. The state I live is what's called a one-party state. Only one person has to be aware that you're recording, and that's me. I also sent requests and the first episode to my company's legal team, my direct supervisor, and his direct supervisor. I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything right and by the book. One of their main things was that I don't mention my own company's name. And the reason I bleep out other companies' names and other people that are identifiable is for their own privacy. Because some of these calls that don't go so well, I would hate for them to hear it and hear their name and their company, so I bleep it out. Some of these bad reactions that I get and bad hangups, that's not a reflection of who that person is. And that's part of my leadership advice too. Always assume that people want to do the right thing and that they want to help. As a leader, you often create systems and processes to stop people from doing things. It should be the other way around. You should create systems and processes to empower people to do their job the right way. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's something that I really care about. 
How did you get into sales? Well, that's a long story that I'll spare all the details on, unless you really want to know them. But I started in my company as a technician, and I really enjoyed it. I was promoted up to a senior technician and then up to a service supervisor. And after doing that for years, I became a branch manager. This was a new branch in a new territory. We had very little business there, and it was up to me to generate that business. All those tools in the tool belt that I mentioned earlier, I've tried every single one of them multiple times in multiple ways. And my time as branch manager is where more than half of my tools and resources come from that I talk about on Lumen Hill. My small company was acquired by a very large company that already has a presence in the new area. So I was given a bunch of choices and I loved sales so much, I took business to business sales as a commercial account executive. And I instantly thrived because of all the tools in my tool belt I was really good at using now. And I also had the expertise of being a technician, the technical aspects, I had the leadership skills from being a service supervisor, and I had the overall big picture and business workings of a branch manager. So seeing the entire full picture is what really helps me the most in sales, and it gives me the confidence because I know what I'm selling forwards and backwards. And not just that, I know the benefits because I've seen them firsthand. And another thing, and this is a little controversial, not everybody is going to be your client, and that's okay. You shouldn't confuse people into a sale. I was kicked off of a Facebook message group because I was fighting unethical sales. There's some cold callers out there that like to confuse people into getting an appointment. They'll call and say something like, hey, your corporate office set up this appointment. Uh, no. If you're doing this unethically, you're going to win sometimes, but you're going to lose in the end. And you should. I'm a big fan of honesty and integrity in sales. Yesterday, this literally just happened. I had someone choosing between me and another company. They were going to have me do one part of the service and the other company do another part of the service. I said, if that's the route he chooses to go, sure, this is a five-figure deal. I'll walk away from it. I don't even want a commission on that because he's not getting what he needs to get. Either he goes all with us or none with us. And there are a lot of reasons for that, technically, and I did explain that to him. I'm not going to bore you with it. But I literally told him I will walk away from the sale if that's the way he chooses to go because it's not in his best interest. And saying that to someone, look, I'm here for your best interest, whether it's with me or someone else. I'm here to serve you and to make sure that you get the best thing. And of course, I believe what I'm selling, so the best thing's going to be with me. <laughs> But if for some reason it's really not in their best interest, be honest. Have integrity. You're going to win 10 times as many deals than you lose that way. Hey, thank you all so much for reaching out. And also, thank you so much for the reviews. I've gotten some awesome reviews on iTunes and other platforms. Man, that's some really cool stuff. Thank you all so much. I really wouldn't do this podcast if people didn't listen and interact and rate and review. So thank you all. Cold Call Hero is a brand of Lumen Hill. It's a tool and resource-based company. Find it on Facebook, and that's where you'll see my website proposal, and that's where you can also ask me questions for my next AMA. Soon I'm going to offer some very cool tools for sales, like a visual flowchart script builder, uh, things for leadership, like a how-to guide from being a technician to a manager, 
in the service industry, and the one that you're most familiar with, Cold Call Hero. But Lumen Hill is not modeled after any consultant agencies. It's modeled after things that I wish I had when I started sales. And things that I wish I had when I started to lead a team of people for the first time. And since day one, I started taking notes. And that's how Lumen Hill was created. The creative approach to leadership and sales. That's it for episode seven. Thank y'all so much for listening. You can find me on Facebook at Cold Call Hero and at Lumen Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Cold Call Hero. And you can voicemail or text me 323-205-6767. My email is coldcallhero at gmail.com. Get those questions in for the next AMA. I'll answer them directly to you, but I'll also address them on the show. And as always, from the creation of the music to the production, this is a one-man show. So your support, it means everything. still listening. <laughs>